0: Hey, what's up and welcome to Movie Dumpster season 5, episode 12. Today we're talking about Stepfather 2: Make Room for Daddy from 1989 directed by Jeff Burr. I'm Joel Ascola and I'm Sean O'Rourke. Wait, who am I here? Anyway, welcome to the Dumpster. <music> Who, who, I don't know, Joe. You said, who are you? Who am I? I'm Jerry, Dad. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Dr. G. Nice to meet you. <laughs> not Dr. Giggles. Let's well, not confuse the was two. It, what was it? A, uh, Bill Kriegson. Krieger. Hi. Bill he's, Krieger. He's got so many goddamn different names between yeah. this movie and the first one. The first one, yeah. Uh, Jerry Blake is his main one that we'll, we'll get into. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get into. into that. So here we are. Happy Stepfather's Day yes. to, you, <laughs> to you and yours. Happy, um, happy stepfather's day the second one in the mdu or on this show i should say uh, happy stepfather's day t-o-o right okay yeah T- no, two yeah. exactly yeah exactly um so <laughs> make room for daddy uh, come to daddy yeah. uncle frank's gonna be coming <laughs> out hard and fast this episode Hellraiser. Guys. uncle frank versus the stepfather <sighs> it's it's it, hey it could happen Mick World. I'd love to see it. Um. So we're so we're talking about Stepfather two today, and we had already covered the Stepfather, the thriller classic from nineteen eighty seven. Uh. Yeah. Back in our what 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 season was that? Was that three? Three. Yeah. Okay. Season three. Do you remember what episode it was? Doesn't matter. I that now you got my tongue, <laughs> Stepfather's tongue. The step Stepfather's got it or right, something. I don't you know. You boys like tongue? Oh. A, here comes fucking uh, daddy just keep going with mama Fratelli it. oh wow well, you want me to go down that rabbit no, hole no I don't I don't I just <laughs> body melt we gotta we got get mama Fratelli on here so I can just start putting clips of what the fuck I'm talking about in here one day uh, we'll, we'll do something I mean with throw that. mama yeah. from the train man I'd we'll, love to cover that one or uh, um what's that what's that one a deadly friend yeah yes yes mm-hmm. you've told me about that haven't seen it but you have mentioned it previously yes. and now these messages Support for Movie Dumpster is brought to you by Manscaped TM, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code DUMPSTER at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. You know, Sean, I'm a big shaver of the family jewels. Yeah, Joe, me too. But you know, I can't tell you how many times I nicked those nuggets trying to get that smooth finish. Dude, same. I don't have to worry about that anymore since I have all these awesome products from Manscaped. Sean, do you need a Father's Day gift? What about a Stepfather's Day gift? Oh, now you're talking. You know what is this weekend? You should probably just go ahead and order. You know, give him a little card or something that you're gonna get him some manscape stuff, man, uh, manscape package. Oh yeah, like the performance package 4.0. It includes the fourth generation lawnmower trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and also has a 400k LED spotlight so you can see under the old uh, meat tunnel while you're going to town on those pesky plum whiskers. The performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Both the lawnmower and weed whacker provide proprietary skin safe TM technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate areas. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver TM Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver TM Ball Toner. It'll leave your sweaty sack smelling like a fresh summer breeze. After you harvest that crop, slip on those sweet manscaped boxer shorts for the ultimate breathable ball bag experience. Speaking of ball bags, the Performance Package 4.0 also comes with the Shed Travel Bag to store all of your Manscaped maintenance materials, just like the Stepfather's briefcase! You can turn that naughty jungle of love into the great plains of pleasure! I think the Stepfather would be very happy to receive this as a gift, Joe. You know, he needs order, especially down below! Most definitely. His wife will be saying, whose balls are they here? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DUMPSTER, that's D-U-M-P-S-T-E-R, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code DUMPSTER. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So yeah, I want to welcome not only Terry, Quinn, Terry O'Quinn back to the show, but Jeff Burr, a good friend Jeff Burr. <laughs> good good friend. <laughs> now we've also we've cut co- this is our third movie that we're covering from him. Right, right. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So so we've we did Pumpkinhead two. With Tony from Hack the Movies, that was our first. That was our debut episode of season two. I, I, speaking of Uncle Frank, starring uh, uh, Andrew Robinson yes. himself, it all comes. It's all. It's uh. the MDU, baby. This is that's where the uh, you know it all stemmed from. Maybe not where it all stemmed from, but uh, where a lot of this comes from that we uh, talk about. Yeah, yeah. Season three, I think, is when we started introducing into the uh, again MDU. If yeah. for anyone keeping count, Movie Dumpster Universe. Uh, you know, we had Lovedin really came into full effect there with the well and, and the poker game with. Corpse fucker and Comdar and and, and head. Yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of cavitycolors.com. I'm wearing ah. your pumpkin head uh t-shirt right now. It's a great uh, shirt you, I actually have that one as well. Yes, you do. I I was driving over here, like, all right, well, I, I live an hour <laughs> away, so I, I can't change. So I'm either wearing this or nothing. So I hope Joe doesn't wear the same thing. Uh we weren't uh on parallel well, parallel terms with that no. one. No, so you're good. We got I spookies. Got, I got spookies, yeah. Um we he he also directed a uh, Tick Chainsaw Massacre 3. <laughs> Boom. Which we did the commentary track for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go, go watch that with our commentary track. Patreon.com slash Movie Dumpster 5 and $10 tiers. Because yes. we have thoughts about that movie. Ken Forey's great in it, but the rest maybe kind of falls apart. Well, I don't know. Go check it out. See for yeah, yourself. Uh, yeah, fair. fair. Um, he also did Puppet Master 4 and 5. And I'm bringing it up again because we brought it up the last two times. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm ready, Sean. I'm ready to tackle the Puppet Master series. I'm ready to fucking just dive in there. Uh, okay. I know a lot of people don't like four and five, but I really only remember the cowboy puppet. If that's, are they puppets? Like, it's Puppet Master. They are puppets, His right? His name is Six Shooter and he was okay. introduced in Puppet Master 3. Okay, so maybe that's where I'm remembering him from and not actually four and five. No, he's in four and five as well. Uh, <laughs> Was that, was that a, uh, that's what he does. Okay. okay. Like I thought I thought that was a, a Renfield reference for a second there. No. He threw me for a loop. No. And his little bandana goes up and he pulls out his six guns and shoots. I, I always like that slug woman toy. Oh, leech woman. She's yeah. actually up there. Signed, oh, God. By, signed by good old Charlie Band himself. She's hanging out with uh, Larry the Larva from yeah. <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. But uh, anyway, I'm with you. I'd be all, yeah. I would be all for a uh, puppet master deep dive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, well, he he also did direct. I wrote these down specifically. Okay. Uh, three episodes of Big Bad Beetleborgs, <laughs> uh, which I still don't remember. Three typical average kids inside a haunted mansion. Big bad. Beetleborgs, just like Chance, free to ghost And now they're Beetleborgs. Yeah, that weird Jay Leno, fucking Caesar yeah. Romero, <laughs> Joker guy. I, I, I still don't remember. he had a huge chin. Yeah, uh, and I don't remember what Sentai that was ripping off. One of the Power Rangers or Ultraman? No, or no, something. no. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Super Sentai. And I forget what Beetleborgs was specifically. It wasn't Kamen Rider or anything. Yeah, like that. It that was something more. else. Very just like VR Troopers was a specific uh, right uh, Tokusatsu. Because Cameron Rider would have been my next guest, but he's usually, from my understanding, usually on his own or he has like a team. But anyway, yeah. I digress. And he also did two episodes of a show we mentioned, I think on the last episode, on a Predator one, or if not, definitely on our Killer Clowns episode, two episodes of Land of the Lost, the 92 series. Yeah, I saw that too. So that's kind of neat. So there's a Kyoto connection there uh, yeah, too, yeah, so Nickelodeon, whatever. So I figured, what the hell, mention it. I, look, I don't have a problem with Jeff Burr. I think, I think he's fine, but he's like the king of sequels, right? <laughs> I of, mean, of doing good- the, the direct video sequels, but he did such a good job on this one that they, they actually theatrically re- released it in like limited theaters. Oh, okay. okay. It was supposed okay. to go direct to video. I think it's, he's competent in this. He's, yeah, that's fine. He does a good job. Yeah. So yeah, we got music by Jim Manzi in this. So so uh, Patrick Moraz from Yes does not come back to do this score, but it's not that bad. It's not as good as the first one. That's for damn sure. Okay. What? Whatever you say, Joe. Yeah. What? You know, it like- sucks. I hate the music in this movie. <laughs> it's not too bad. It's fucking horrible. It's not too bad. There's but- a couple scenes where it's like, you know, you'll bust my balls for saying this because it's not quite it, but it's like circus music. I mean, fucking circus music. Especially some of these scenes where he's like moseying around in his fucking lawn. It's like, it's like all this happy go lucky music. Like, are, am I watching Stepfather 2 or is this Munchie? Let's be fucking real. You said the same thing about the first one. No, I did. I just listened to the episode. I like the music in the first one. No, no, no. Not all of the music. Just those specific parts where we talked about it. Where it was like the after school special. Wow. Yeah, because the music is really fucking good in the first one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but like... I all- wish they used that song that's in the end credits in the goddamn actual movie. Yeah, well, to, to, to the the fact of the matter is, like, it's just... It's like a dime store slasher kind of soundtrack. Sure, sure. A lot of that we'll get into it, it's but not a lot of the world's of, worst. I mean, no, I'm no, over exaggerating no, no. a I bit think it, here. I think it's fine. It's, it, it's just mediocre. Yeah, okay, like it's, it's okay. fine. Like it does. It's in- inoffensive. So this is written by John Orbuck or Arbuck, Auerbach, however you say that. Um, he's he directed an episode of Monsters, and this is the but this is the only movie he's written. Okay, so and it's not that great. <laughs> like. Okay, for stepfather two, look that is some th- this is the first one is such a big movie to follow oh, well i guess that's kind of my big bitch about the music really yeah it's, it's just i just comparatively i guess if i didn't watch it back to back just as prep yeah uh maybe it wouldn't bother me as much but and i don't want to give the you know put the cart before the horse here because we, we're literally in the beginning of the review yeah. but it's just uh I, I would agree and there's a uh, documentary actually it's like 30 minutes on the stepfather blu-ray from shout factory uh, called The Stepfather Chronicles, and he's on there. Gotcha. Or, or the guy, I'm sorry, not the guy from this one, but the guy from The sta- Stepfather. Right. And he explains like his writing process, and they have the director mm-hmm. on there, and explain, like, you know, we're going to get into two, which I would argue is a little bit more of a slasher than a thriller. Agreed. Uh, and they specifically talk. And we mentioned this on that Stepfather yeah. episode, so if you want to get the full breadth of that, you can head back last year, season three, and check that out. But they talk about how, yeah, they didn't want to just do another slasher. They wanted to make it more of a psychological thriller. This one's supposed to be a big body count kind of movie. It was more about Terry O'Quinn is just fucking crazy, and he and he's trying to create the perfect family. And it's and he, they pull it off stunningly. Yeah, it's such a great film yeah I think it's one of the best thrillers of the 80s yeah and, and I think we even it, say it on that episode yeah and it, and it bombed at the time and just it did really well in video yeah. uh, releases and after the fact and that's how we got to Stepfather 2 and then yeah. eventually 3 and then even more so eventually a remake so actually Synapse put out I don't own it but mm. Pro, uh, Synapse put out a Stepfather 2 like special edition DVD when the remake dropped okay. in 2009 I didn't pick it up but it, apparently there's a ton of special features and shit on it uh, with Jeff Burr commentary track I think mm. even the Chronicles the of Chronicles is also on okay. there as well, but specifically for this one, did you watch? So you watched the Chronicles? I watched Chronicles. It's like half hour. Did they have Je- Jeff Burr in there? No. Okay. they, so they had they had the director, the okay. writer, the main set of photographer, and yeah. and Jill Sholin, who played the daughter. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I need I need to pick that disc up because I don't I don't have that one. It's a really good so... uh, uh, transfer too. Yeah. Well, I definitely need the stepfather. I don't have the stepfather or stepfather two no. on disc at all. Uh, yeah. Okay. Speaking about the transfer, stepfather two. Yeah. It's on Tubi. Yes. They do my least favorite thing and you're <laughs> going to make fun of me for complaining about this. Go ahead. It's a fucking widescreen movie. In 4.3, so you get the fucking black bars on all sides. That on drives all me insane, sides. man. Yeah, I think that's just because it's the nature of the DVD rip, and they did not upscale it. Like, they just left it that size rather than the blowing it up a little bit. Uh, and the annoying thing's going to happen to me later when I get home because I zoomed in on the screen, and I'm going to forget, and I'm gonna be like, what the f- I can't fucking see. I can't get to my goddamn <laughs> video games. I, I just watched it yeah. with the black bars. I, I was The like, black rectangle. Uh, you know, I was like, I can't. I fucking yeah. can't. By the way, Stepfather 1, 2, and 3 are on Tubi. Yes. For your viewing pleasure. So if you missed that first episode we did, or you're just tuning into this, and you want to check the Stepfather series, the whole thing is on there. Yeah. Pretty fucking good. Third one, maybe. We're going to cover that next year for Stepfather's oh, Day 3. No! Yeah. Uh, I mean, the lore runs deep, so okay. So uh, so just real quick, there's one last thing. Sure. Uh, so this is produced by the Weinsteins, and they're notorious for, for punching things up. <laughs> Uh, so they went to Jeff Burr and they were like, yeah, we need more blood in this and more blood and, and, and gore and all this bullshit. So like everybody on the production was against it, Jeff Burr and even Terry O'Quinn himself. And so much so that like Terry didn't even want to do it. That honestly so... makes me feel a little better about the movie as a whole. Because yeah. again, n- not to keep going back to the first one, but that Stepfather's Chronicles, they're talking about just the way everything was on set. Yeah. And it's just like, when you hear shit like that, it's like, ugh. Yeah, like- but. It, that's not that's not what at least people signed up for in the first place Stepfather's not that kind of movie no and we're trying to kind of turn it that way even though it's aggressively trying to stay on course you can feel it being turned that way you know what I yeah, mean from yeah. the writing to, to the effects of the sto- the choices story choices things like that but other than that unless you want to talk about the deep lore of Terry R Quinn and the Winter Stepfather program oh. before we get into this okay I guess we, we might as well just get it out of the way because it's going to probably come up a few times throughout <laughs> Uh, again, Movie Dumpster Universe. Yes. Last year, Terry O'Quinn took the MDU by force with the, with with the fucking- Two years ago. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, two years. We're season five. Time flies, Joe. Sure does. Uh, Time flies when you're, when you're moving in on people's families and killing them yeah yeah clearly yeah, yeah. yeah. uh so uh, terry o'quinn is we're just gonna probably refer to him this whole time jerry blake yes well uh, the, the the problem is he's got four or five different fucking names so we're just refer to him as terry o'quinn uh, right exactly or we could call him dr g they Doctor, call him dr yeah. Dr. Dr. uh again not dr gills we'll come back to that, <laughs> that that's all i promise that's the last time i'll make that joke that's master g oh yes no okay okay uh, yeah, Terry O'Quinn is the, the 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 Winter Step Soldier in this universe. Aka... The winner Stepfather, exactly. Okay? TM, He's, yes, the winner Stepfather. TM. He. So we talked about on that first episode the first three movies together, right? To get briefly, the full picture, just yeah. to get the full picture. But the way that he becomes the winner Stepfather is because of the third movie. Well, yes and no. <laughs> okay. In fact, oh my God, you see that picture just flew by. It was. I think Munchie just threw pizza across the screen. It's buzzable. Uh, it's because of fucking Munchie straight yeah. up, which we did cover later, but the, 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 the you know how the show works. The connections. Yeah. Uh, so Crookshanks from uh, from Munchie, who was like this fucking scientist guy, maybe from Russia. We're still not sure. But, well, he's like the Russian Jew. He's very eccentric. Yeah. He lives across the street from Gabe. He's working on a secret program <laughs> called the Winter Stepfather. Yeah. Uh, and Terry, he's his main subject. There yes. are others that I, I'm sure we mentioned, but Terry was always the one we came back. Terry to. was the one we came back to because he the, he's the one who got out. He is Bucky, right? Right. Because he goes out, he lives his normal life, trying to do his family. And then all of a sudden, the fucking uh, flip, a uh, switch flips, yeah. and uh, <laughs> he kills them all. Birdhouse, bird Bert- family, <laughs> Birdhouse, children, family, ch- children. Uh, what was the other one? I-, I got it written down. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're gonna summon him. Birdhouse, mustache, toupee, family, kid, <laughs> Context, you know, family. Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed was one of Mr. them. Mr. Ed. Uh, and, you know, yeah, like Joe said, he's activated and then he kills the family yeah. like he does multiple times throughout the series. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you're right. By the third one, now he gets, he, he, he gets tossed in that fucking wood chipper, which we'll come back to. But his hands get away. Yeah. <laughs> The yin and yang of the, his hands. The yin and yang of of, of the winter stepfather, Terry R. Quinn. One is Thing from the Adams Family, and the other is the Idle Hand from Idle Hands. Go back and check that episode out. Jesus. Was that season one? Uh, it's definitely in the pocket there. It's definitely J- in the pocket. It was a trick-or-trash special. Yes. Uh, uh, J-Love br- br- brought her way into the goddamn MDU jay jennifer love here i called her jay love in one of the episodes so i just i, I was seeing if i you know, picked up on that or not <laughs> i call her jay love yeah i think in that's the maybe a munchie episode was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's in munchie right yeah she's not in idle hands uh oh right yeah jesus christ Idle hands is uh uh what's her face from fantastic four yes uh, jessica alba jessica you're right, you're alba right. the albinator uh where the fuck am i going with this uh i don't know he's got two hands All right he's got the two hands yeah so, so just to finish that thought, when he gets put through the wood chipper, he ascends. And if you don't know what yes. that is, because I don't know if we even really talked about Ascension this year. Uh, no. I, I, well, I don't want to go deep into that, because that's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah, but... let's, let's not. But if you want, uh, it's on the elves episode, it's on the mosquito episode, and it's on the demonic toys episode. So you can find all about Ascension and the wizards and how that afterlife works. You're right, I think even Drainiac might go into it a Draniac little bit. has a little bit, yeah. Uh, but basically, they, they go on to the other life, let's say. And he's working for the MDU Wizards again, Gunnar, Charnetsky, and uh, Haggerty. Yeah. Till in the Fields, mm-hmm. originally created by Meteor Man. Uh, the references that. are going to keep. I think Spivey's involved from Willy's also in some capacity. The winter, the, no, the, what do we call him? The stepfather wolf. He's like the white. They call him the white wolf. Uh, yeah, something like that. And yeah. then I, I had said maybe he gets these mechanical hands, and I did a Photoshop that yeah. on the video version may be on screen right now. Yeah, they build it out of like garbage. Yeah, exactly. And then uh you know, every once in a while, he's needed, just like the Winter Soldier uh, was needed, and. Yeah. uh he gets reactivated, but sometimes he can resist it. The wizard's, the wizard's backyard is like Wakanda, right? Yeah. <laughs> in this <laughs> instance, like yes. That, yeah. Ali Oates is in there somewhere <laughs> trying to keep the house together. Okay, I said this is coming in fast and hard, guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just to just finish the thought so we can get on to the actual review. Uh he he gets activated, but sometimes he can resist that. But unfortunately, that idle hand. It's fu- it's pure evil. It's it's gonna do the dirty work if he doesn't. It's off doing its own thing. That's for sure. So you know, okay. hiding under people's beds. Yeah. Well, all right, grabbing on the cars. Yeah. Uh. So ripping you know- off that guy's from Offspring's head. Yes. So, of course, you know, Terry O'Quinn is just, you know, involved in all that. And then, you know, whenever the idle hand uh, goes after its next victim, we don't know if Terry stops it or if things springs into action. They've had hellish duels. Yes. In Mordor volcanoes <laughs> all across the MDU. It doesn't matter. You know, well, that's why they re- that's why he's he's now at the wizard's castle, because he's separated from the evil from both halves. He was torn. But now he's just Terry. And, and we did forget with one- With metal arms. We did forget one major element to all this. Crookshanks works with John Hurt. So obviously right, you know that's, th- that, that's why Terry O'Quinn goes to the Wizards. Yes. Because, you know, they're, they're also kind of they're troublesome, but they're, they're the good side of a very fucked up coin. The Wizards are like the shitty Avengers of the MDU, yeah. and John Hurt's they're like- They're kind of like the boys. <laughs> There you go. There's, oh my god! Whoa, that <laughs> fucking fits in the. Ooh, that's I who's Aquaman, the Aquaman guy. That's fucked. Might be Charnetsky I guess, or maybe that's DVD. She's not <laughs> even official that's member. That's a whole nother. We're, we'll Woo! get to those people. Okay, well, that's the gist of that. Uh, hopefully, we didn't lose too many of you. Yeah. Well, by the way, if you're ever if you're ever confused and you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? There's this handy dandy oh, yeah. MDU yeah index in every description of the episode on YouTube anyway. Um and it, and we link to each uh point in time that we're talking about it and that'll link you to mm. your episode so you can you can get the whole fucking picture like collecting the fucking comic books of movie dumpster to figure out the whole story it's like the infinity yeah. war saga we we used to do these things on Instagram called NDU Mondays and it was kind of like a, a blown-out version of this with some, like, actual thought put into it instead of just seat of the pants fucking storytelling. Well, that I would a think. lot of things have changed. Yeah, well, true, true. Going uh, into video, yeah. Uh, I, I still, I know we've mused about this in the for, in the past, I should say, of uh, maybe eventually doing a, a side series in some capacity that's what is the MDU, whether that's, like, a, a minute-long thing or a half-hour. like yeah. I, don't, I don't know the semantics of it because it's not coming anytime soon, <laughs> but it's something I would love to do eventually, and that would be, uh, the Winter Stepfather would have to be a own episode oh, yeah. even a two-parter maybe uh, yeah i mean if we get to the third movie eventually before we do it uh, yeah i think we have to do the third to, to, to tell the full story true um but that being said i mean there's a lot of, there's a lot that we want to do that we need to like get back on the rails for and figure yeah, out but no, it's all yeah. coming we're working on it uh but before all of that crap happens after he goes through the shredder there's another movie that happens before that yes so this is kind of like a little uh in terms of the mddu this is like a little prequel almost true oh oh, oh. i did forget one thing as i'm trying to hand off to the actual movie i brought it specifically to reference this joke so we're talking about so we're talking (laughs) about the first stepfather movie at the moment this blu-ray yes from from the first one right no from shout factory from Shadow Factory yes. Or check Screen out. Factory? Screen Screen Factory or Shadow uh, Factory? Uh I mentioned this at the time, but you know, slip covers, they have reversals. We're gonna cut for editing here. The magic of editing. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh there's a character in that movie who we lovingly, well, lovingly, referred to as the discipliner, who yes. then he made a reappearance <laughs> in Silent <laughs> Identity 5. Why that movie comes up so often? I, I don't know. I'm sorry. It's a good one. <laughs> He's killed in the movie, and of all the things to put on the slip cover. His fucking dead body. <laughs> Why? That poor son of a bitch of them. If you with spoilers, if you haven't seen the first movie, but well, I mean, you have no context. You you have no context or the road how to get there. So that'll be on display for <laughs> uh, the rest of the episode. Because holy shit, shout! What, what? Thank you. I guess <laughs> now let's actually talk about the movie. So Stepfather Two. Yes, we get the recap in the beginning. Now, you right? Got now- our recap. Now we get it in the damn movie. Right too. out of the gate. We are doing something that is wholly uh, 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 given to slasher type films. Okay, where they where they retread what happened in the previous sequel. I mean, Friday does it well, in every fucking movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, but e- even the nightmare movies they do that sometimes too. However, even Hellraiser too, kind of, kind of, yeah. Um, but it feels a little strange for this, and it kind of sets the tone immediately for what you're getting into. Sure, this is not the classic uh, uh, thriller that we've gotten in the first film, we are now shifting gears to this kind of uh, slasher-esque tone to this whole thing. So it's a, it shows you what exactly what happens at the end of the first movie, which we're not going to talk about. And then uh, he wakes up in a cold sweat in the Puget Sound mental hospital. So he has survived the events of the first movie somehow. Shot, stabbed, fell down a flight of stairs. Okay, sure. Clearly, At the end of the movie, he's like this. He got a knife. Through the fucking heart. Okay, you don't come back from that. You don't bounce back from that. Clearly. And you see him with his fucking scars. He's got. Uh, I just don't know how long I keep that going. <laughs> Sorry. He's got a fucking. He's got yeah. scars where the stab wound was. And he's got scars where they did like the open heart surgery or whatever to like yeah. fix him? Question mark. We they never tell you how he survived. This is so. This is so like classic studio bullshit they're like well stepfather did gangbusters on video we're gonna put this one directed video baby stepfather too and it's like all right uh how did he come back he's not a fucking supernatural force <laughs> they just kind of glaze over it and it's I, like okay i mean so is michael myers but i digress uh he's in this like cell you find out very quickly he's in the insane asylum like joe was saying but he has like model houses like a model neighborhood he's building in the corner which i kind of i'm kind of into because he's always trying to it's like that commentary that he's always trying to build the perfect life mm. with like the perfect house this is not my beautiful wife this is not <laughs> my beautiful house no well he does build that birdhouse in the first one yeah well that's what again well that's also kind of like his weird thing in the first one that like calms him down he like goes, woodworking like, the woodworking yeah. and like working with his hands what have you like distracts him from being a fucking homicidal maniac a little bit uh, yeah somebody should have called uh, Dr Danvers this information <laughs> this moron psychiatrist Harry Brown is Dr Dr Danvers Dr Joseph Danvers um I wanted to mention him because I was I I totally forgot he was in this movie and I saw him he's in an episode of Monsters Okay. The Love Hurts episode of Monsters, and he's in a Tales from the Crypt episode, uh, Dead Weight, with Whoopi mm. Goldberg. Ooh. Uh, that's a good one, too. So we'll, we'll, we'll be covering those eventually, but I wanted to mention him because it's cool to see him in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, he he's Terry's new shrink question mark he's, he's supposed like, to be well he's the new shrink of the whole facility and he's oh, like right. there's a thing where like you don't know like he doesn't know like the procedures and shit and he thinks he's the fucking he's gonna heal everybody in this place and you think <laughs> terry O'Quinn's quinn's like a fine guy he's like you seem like a nice guy seems I mean, like a nice guy take his handcuffs off sean he needs to help some trust me take his handcuffs. cap uh, handcuffs off this guy deserves to die? Yeah, even the fucking guy he's like he's a fucking animal. I'm not taking his handcuffs off. Or oh, right, yeah, the guard. Yeah, yeah the guard. Yeah. But he I'll, does it. Yeah, I want that hat he's got. The fucking uh, Puget Sound Penitentiary oh, yeah. hat. eBay cool. maybe. No, oh, I'll just make one. Oh, there you go. So he yeah, he he takes these handcuffs off him and every time he does something that's like to the benefit of Terry O'Quinn, like you see this little like smirk or like glint in Terry's eye like OK, hey. Terry is also a smart motherfucker, as we learned from the first film. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's very calculated. He's very intelligent. I mean, he's killed as far as they know, at least at least three families, maybe more. Uh, that, uh, uh, at the end of the first movie, it, it turns out like he's been doing this for countless years. Yes. Yeah. Changing his appearance. Changing his appearance. Also, moving. we mentioned we. I know some of you are probably in the comments going, oh, this was based on the John List killings. yes. We go we we go over all of that in the stepfather the first review so right. check that out we're not going to do that here although it'd probably be good for analytics if we can add true crime to the podcast ah uh, yeah that'll be in the description don't worry <laughs> um, but yeah he's just kind of cozying up to Terry not really getting the the seriousness of this guy's case well he thinks he's fixing this guy yeah you know and he's like well why'd you do it man and he's like he's like well I just wanted the perfect life and every time I had the perfect life it just didn't go the way I wanted so I had to hard restart. Well, yeah, because he, he there's actually a pretty cool scene here where uh, they keep showing Terry in the wood shop, which, again, I maybe things were different in the early 90s, late 80s, but I, I, I get that they're not straight-up criminals here, even though he murdered all these people. Well, he's criminally insane. Yeah, but letting him do all this woodwork. I guess they don't let him use the table saw, but he's building these houses. So he builds a little man even to go with the house, and in that scene where he says that line, he, he's presenting it, and he, and he smashes it off the table and everyone's like, oh, shit, what's going on? And then yeah. he explains, hey, I I think I could fix this kind of stuff all the time. That's why I do it. Yeah, which in response, the doctor's like, oh, that's great. That's great progress. Great progress. Let, let me turn over here. Meanwhile, Terry already has has a mark on this guy. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get this motherfucker. He's sa- he's. We see like all these flashbacks between all of his escape and he's like pulling hair out of the back of his head to like build a mustache for later. That was fucking stupid. Dude, It you thought it was stupid? I thought that was really stupid. What, Wait, what is he sticking that to him with? Is he coming in his hand and just going, Ooh, 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 ooh I know I got a mustache. We have a fucking full wood shop in this me- pan- uh, mental facility. You don't think there's a thing of paste there? Some All right, glue? fine, fine, fine. Some fucking spirit gum? I thought gum? that was a little silly personally, but. I, I kind of liked it, uh, especially because it, it keeps in line with him changing his appearance. Oh, uh, yeah, like yeah. But I love it. We grabs that little man that he built, and he like puts a, a button there's on a, a fucking, fucking out of, in it. How did he do that? I don't know what again that guy's like, like facing the wrong way. <laughs> this is going to be great for my book or whatever. Stabs him right in the back of the fucking head, right <laughs> in the neck. And he's like, <sighs> and this is probably one of those scenes where they added some gore because it feels like they added like an insert shot of him, like I, bleeding and shit. I didn't mind it on this kill. No, I think it's fine. I'm yeah. just saying, like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it could go either way. Agreed. Agreed. It's not about that. You know, and, uh, no matter how I feel about the the cum mustache uh or we're, we, we <laughs> don't verdict's like, out. Do you remember when Beavis and Butthead cut off all their hair and glued it to their face? Yes. I, but it's Terry O'Quinn with like fucking cum mustache. Oh my God. Yuck. <laughs> there you go, Terry. <laughs> no wow. problem. Yo, you think dark came to him at night? Like, like Pennywise in the moon uh, for Henry Bowers? Uh, it lines up a little better because as we find out- Terry! Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. here you go, Terry. Gives Walter Peck's mustache. Yeah, Walter Peck's yeah. running when he hears that scream. Oh, he's looking for cover. But oh, he wakes up in a cold sweat somewhere else. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, to your point, though, yeah, the disguise is kind of cool. Though he steals the guards. Uh, well, he kills the guard and then steals his his outfit he and fucking then... beats him de- to death with his own nightstick. Yeah, and then he he fucks off. And then this is kind of where you're just like, all right, this is more of like a straight up slasher because then he just finds some poor bastard like getting off the Amtrak. Well, I, I, I like this because he leaves the mental institution like in the clothes with the fake mustache on. Oh, when they're like, and turn he's... to the camera, turn to the camera, and he just turns the radio off, <laughs> and he's uh, uh, he's whistling the camptown ladies, which again he becomes like his jaws theme. You know, it's way more of a plot point in this movie than the first one. The first one's just like, wow, this guy's nuts. Yeah, it has. It's very integral to the plot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, where it's where it's his connection or our connection to him rather in that first movie. Yeah. His I, his human side. Right? I, I, I like that a lot in this movie. I, I have a couple nitpicks yeah. about it, but I overall execution of that in this film is is pretty cool. Yeah. So like you're saying he, he fucking comes up on this guy who's like just got off uh an airplane. Uh, yeah. And he's yeah, like yeah. leaving he's like, oh and Terry o'quinn he's trying to get his fucking luggage in the back and he's like, he's like, hey you need a hand there guy? He's like, Yeah, I, got, I bought this fucking trunk with a big trunk space. You want to help me out? He puts his fucking hands in it, and Tarot Quinn just like slams his arm. <laughs> He's like, ah! <laughs> And he cut to his little scarf hanging out the back. Yeah, kinda... What did he do with that body? He eat that one? Maybe. Uh, it's possible. Uh, no, he took it into a junkyard and crashed it <laughs> oh, around a little. Spoiling, yeah. Yeah. Come on, that's such a good fucking scene. Yeah. That's, that's his new MO. Maybe he did do it with that. No, no, because he's got to keep the car. Sure, sure. But uh, he he takes this guy's, like, he doesn't steal his identity, but he steals all his credit cards and everything and yeah. creates another identity. But Because they show him, like, in a hotel. And he's, like, putting his contacts back in. He's got a new hair piece that's kind of dyed a different color. Yeah, which I guess it's supposed to imply he's got, like, hair plugs or something that kind of looks like. Yeah, but... So this is a little strange for me. So we see this big transformation of him in that first movie. And we, we've made a bunch of comments about him literally changing from somebody who looks completely different to somebody else. Right. And that's but, what makes it pushy ter- hair. Yeah, and, huge that's what, beard. and that's what makes it terrifying. Yeah. This he just looks like Jerry from the first movie after he transforms from his last <sighs> identity. And that's one of my problems. With so this that kind of that kind of pissed me off a little bit. Yeah, because it's like, okay, he has this like he's he's balding, but, but he's he, bald, but he's bald in the first one too, right? But and then he then puts he has, a fucking wig yeah, on. Yeah, and it's like they show the picture of him in the paper and on TV, and it's like, how are you not fucking putting how this guy together? How don't you recognize him? Yeah, I, that was a little silly, but whatever. The only thing I can really figure on that one is that uh, the news wasn't out too... Like over it because he goes to Los Angeles in this one. Well, no, he goes to New England. No, he's from New England. Oh, okay, my bad. He says he's from New England. Got you, got you, got you. Um, so maybe it's that thing where, like, uh, you know, they they the news didn't travel fast enough. But that's broken because meg foster hears it we'll talk about it yeah, yeah. they don't show his picture but meg they t- Meg foster knows about it it's just i agree it's just that he does he looks too similar which i mean hey whatever you're not gonna cover up terry's face and everything I and mean, he could have no but-, but like there's no transformation he doesn't grow a mustache or a beard or anything like that yeah, like you said just slightly different color hair to color the cover is fucking bald spot that's it. exactly the problem i have with the stepfather remake oh yeah <laughs> you were talking about that on that uh first episode yeah Go back if you want to hear your thoughts on that. So he randomly chooses a new identity out of the obituaries. But the thing with this obituary that is important to remember, there's no picture. Just put that one in fucking pocket there. Oh, so he yeah. so he adopts so he adopts the name of Dr. Gene Clifford. Dr. G! Dr. Gene! Yeah, and uh, I think Who's a psychiatrist? Which uh, there's some pretty good humor with that, where it's like it's he great. killed a psychiatrist and he was even giving the guy some like back talk, which was which was something he did do in the last movie when yeah. he has like that line. When uh, his, his stepdaughter's uh, psychiatrist is trying to feel him out in that house scene. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, so, you know, what, I forget the exact line, but it's something like, you know, it's like a family, you know, all that crap. crap. You know what I mean? A family? Home, sweet home? All that crap. Yeah. Like, throws it back in the guy's face. He does that with the psychiatrist. Well, yes, because in that first movie, he that scene is like, the psychiatrist pushing his buttons because he knows exactly what to do. In this, he's like taking what the doctor had said to him and kind of using it as as his identity. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. to make it sound like he's a doctor. You know what I mean? Well, I I hundred percent agree. Yeah. I'm just saying I like that uh, he keeps that character trait that he's a, he's a little bit of a snarky motherfucker. Yes, uh, when so, when he gets heated. Yes. So he's watching TV and he gets like room service and shit. <laughs> that that's where he gets a newspaper with his little picture. His fucking picture's right on that. In the paper, yeah. Jack shows up, he asks him for a piece of toast. Right. Gives it uh, to him, yeah. Lou Gossett Jr. comes in with the pizza. Yeah, he got the pizza guys there, yeah. Um, so he's watching a TV show, probably the same one that James James Hong was watching uh, when Mr. Gropper came in uh, the fucking, you know, what it actually is, it's the same show. Kevin McAllister's watching it. Home Alone 2. Oh yeah. And he's talking about the Trump uh, Plaza. <laughs> it's literally the same guy, uh, uh, Eugene Ubex or something like that. <laughs> so it's like a game show. Yeah. And, and it, I kind of like this cause it's one of these things where it's like, and, and this is what the win, Johnny, a beautiful house in Palm Estates in Los Angeles. Here you mm. go. It's like this new development, right? Yeah. So he's like, oh the perfect place to start a new family because they're like it's the perfect place to start a new family like, oh oh tell me more Ooh, that's where that's the ticket that's yeah. the ticket so that it fades to like one of these houses and it's like leasing now and he's already there getting shown uh the place by uh, meg foster so meg Fosters before we get to meg foster i just want to mention that we're in the fucking mdu we're this neighborhood's in the fucking e- mdu so, you know, the fucking Freelings are down the block and and, block, and the cruises are down the block. So we got poltergeist going on and we have Mac and me happening down the fucking street. Little aliens getting sucked up with a fucking vacuum and, and somebody's house is built over a fucking Indian burial ground. Yeah. And I think Tom Hanks is somewhere in there. Him and Henry Gibson are on the block. Oh, the yeah. Street, the burps. Yeah, yeah. 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 Lines up. Yeah. It Fright sense. night honestly might even be happening in there somewhere. <laughs> no, that's in, that's in the next town over. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. We don't want too much going on in the same place. No, but it looks like the House of Poltergeist and Mac and Me. So, yeah, Meg Foster showing yeah. showing him the place. as Carol Grayland, but we'll probably call her Meg Foster yes. for most of this episode. She is not in a lot of movies, but she's one of those actresses that has a very recognizable face and voice. Uh, Her eyes, her are, eyes are like this piercing ice blue. She's like a living Fremen, dude, from Doom. <laughs> Yeah, actually that's a uh, um, good way to she, put it. She's very gorgeous. She's in um uh They Live, of course, yes. with Roddy Piper. She's in a really good flick the wind that we had talked about on another episode. Um, I, f- I think just recently. I mean, she's in a bunch of movies. Um, she's a great actress. Um but yeah, like you were saying, she is the realtor and um Oh, I love this though because he's uh He's like looking around the house and he's like asking like some bullshit questions, which is kind of funny because he was a realtor in the next one. So he knows how this all well, works. In the previous one. Uh, oh, right. What yeah. did I say? Next Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's a gardener in the next one. Uh, Please. Okay. Don't get me started. Go on. But there's a whole thing in the first one where he's always going in the basement and he does this in the in multiple places where he killed his family, where yeah. he goes and does the woodwork and the, to blow off steam. So he goes and he's like looking around this house and he's like, hey, I just got no basement. She's like, well, a lot of people around here just do woodworking in their garage. And she's like, no, I need my freak out murder basement. Uh, I, I need to be one level below everybody when I when I melt down <laughs> with I my have a fucking meltdown. With my red flannel jacket on. They lost that detail in this movie. So she so she uh just got a divorce, or she's going through a divorce, rather, or her husband left her rather. Um and she lives directly across the street from this fucking house that she's going to sell him. Why you would tell this guy this on your first meeting? I don't know, but I guess if he's moving in anyway, sure. Yeah. And then, uh, so so we get, so literally right after this, we get introduced to her son, who is Jonathan Brandis, and he plays Todd Gray. A very young, Jonathan Brandis, too. Yeah. I mean, RIP. All right. Very young, Big too. Big time. I mean, he's Bill, he's my Bill Denbrow, mm. little Bill Denbrow in uh the It, the Tommy Lee Wallace It uh TV series. Um, he's in Sidekicks with Chuck Norris, which is fucking great, which oh, I would yeah. love to cover that. Um, he's Bastion in uh, Never Ending Story 2. Yes. Um, and Ladybugs with our good friend uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Never saw that one. You never saw Ladybugs? No. He dresses like the chick to play for this, the girl's <laughs> soccer team so like he could win because he's really fucking good at it. Okay. Because ugh, I forget what the plot is. I feel like Rodney Dangerfield owes like the mob money or some oh, shit Oh like well. that. Of course, Rodney yeah. Dangerfield owns somebody money. He's like, hey, you gotta dress up like a girl mm-hmm. and fucking play soccer for me. Hey, let me know that triple Lindy we haven't mentioned on the show in a hot minute. <laughs> That's why I kind of wanted to bring it up, uh, yeah. just real quick. Uh, on, a, on a slightly more somber note, um, he passed away in two thousand three, and yeah. he hanged himself. He was twenty seven, and he hanged himself, and he because he thought his career was like going down the toilet, and he was like drinking heavily and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like one of those things where like maybe it could have been prevented wow well, yeah you yeah. know what I mean and it, it's just like it, it's another thing of I think uh, Soleil Moonfry had done a uh, a documentary recently and she had a ton of uh, like footage with her and all the child actors at that time and I think one she was good friends with Jonathan Brandis I I really like him. I mean, I think he's great. He doesn't do a ton in this, but the stuff he's given, he's very good at. I think he's great in all the roles that I've seen him in. Bill is the one that always comes to mind for me from it. That one and and Never Ending Story 2 and Ladybugs. True. Big time. Um, But, um, you know, check up on your friends and make sure they're doing okay. Because I I feel like that was something that could have been avoided i i totally agree you know even if even if i have to give some tough love you know mm-hmm. but uh on a lighter note he's skateboarding through the house who didn't want to <laughs> do that when they were a kid uh, and, and meg foster's kind of giving him carte blanche because they just uh, you know uh her, his dad just split so he's yeah. kind of doing whatever he wants and i love this scene too because um she's like he's like she's like hey kiddo um let's uh let's celebrate i just sold another house i got a 16 inch fucking uh pizza with the works and I bought you all the baseball cards I could find in the pharmacy up the street. I'm like, holy shit, that's a good time. But uh I'll but take yeah. magic cards, please. Well, yeah, magic cards are probably Pokemon cards at his age. Well, that's true, yeah. yeah both. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's all bummed out because cause dad left because dad fucking you come to find out that he fucking split because he was a dentist and he like was fucking his twenty three year old secretary and then like ran away with oh, her. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, that comes up a little later. But like immediately, and I, listen, I get that. Like when people meet, sometimes there's a connection and, and sparks are already flying. But like, and again, the, the movie has to has to have plot happen. But I think it's a little odd that like she shows Terry O'Quinn the house, he he gets it, yeah. and then she's like immediately infatuated with this guy because she's like looking out the window like, Ooh, and he's like out there like. <laughs> Well, I'm reading into it maybe a little bit here, but I, I I think it's I think it's less because there is a passage of time, but it's not done very well in this movie. Like the I first know. one, that's true. That is a good. So point. They, we're talking months here. This isn't just like overnight or a couple days. Right. They, they, I guess they, he gets the lease and then it's implied a year passes or something do, to that effect. They do say that. Yeah. It's like a year or some shit like that. And a year the months go by, years go by. Um, So he's working on her for a long time. I guess that's a good point. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, And I love this next scene because he's doing like a video dating thing with the VHS and he's like looking for fucking potential people uh, women he could like take advantage of or build a perfect family with. It's like all these like stereotypes of like, not the perfect woman. Yeah. Or there's if you like, want to call they, they it. Got, the... like, there's like a gold digger and some other woman who's like super independent. And he's like, this is disgusting. Hey, he's so There's fucking... a woman who's like droned out on empty Oods. It's <laughs> <that's> just like. <laughs> I love this woman. Cause she's sitting there just like. Me? And Terrio Quinn's O'Quinn's like. <laughs> And he's about to change it, but doesn't change it and waits for it and then shuts it off. Do you, uh, I, for my groomsmen tapes, I oh, did, yeah. I did like a spoof on one of these things. It was kind of funny. Yeah, that was, that was a trip. <laughs> Are you looking for, me? I'm looking for Where, can you Where can you be? Someone. Someone. Hi, I'm Joseph and I'm looking for a trendy girl with a simple smile. Me. that's not right excuse me. but i kind of like that about this movie because he doesn't go right for meg foster i mean i mean yeah she, she's checking him out for sure Well, yeah but, but it's but, not a done deal my point is he's trying to do all this the video dating thing then he, now he's under the guise of the psyche the, the the psychiatrist right so he's a now he's a fucking marriage counselor okay so he has all these women from the block plus meg foster plus caroline williams hey caroline williams how are you stretch how you doing uh leprechaun what? three Right, well, Loretta, right? Mm-hmm. Big ass and lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's baby. She looks great. Ah, yeah, she's great in this. Yeah. Actually, and she's really good in this. And I feel like I feel like a lot of people don't talk about this role. It's either Texas on Massacre Two or Leprechaun Three. I mean, those are pretty iconic. Well, so we no, get for it. sure. I think well, she's great in Texas Chain Two, but. She, uh, there's something to be said about this role. I think it's good. Yeah, I think she's really good in this. But he's got all these women like in a yeah. circle, like you said, yeah. get, talking about their problems with their their marriages. And I love how this one woman is like talking about. Yeah, he made my husband wants me to hum, and I didn't learn the the show tune. He's <laughs> like, okay, what's the big deal? She's it, like, well, <laughs> well, he doesn't really want me to just hum them. He wants me to hum them when i Quinn's like kissing like... him down there. <laughs> She's like, well, humming when I'm doing the thing. He's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. What are you you talking about? (laughs) fellatio? When I'm sucking his dick. I go, I go. go, (laughs) And he's like, you suck your husband's penis. You're disgusted. Why does he make you do that? And she's like, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. He's like disgusted by it. (laughs) It's like, all right, I get you're supposed to be like the war cleaver of the place. But it's like, people have sex, Terry. Sex. He's I mean disgusting. he's disgusting. In that first one, he's like having sex with uh sh- with his wife Shelly Hack, just to I mean, he does it in this too, but you see more he's pissed off about it more in this one. Uh, yeah, but it's like in that first one, it's like it's just part of being a husband. But I guess I never thought about that. But the sequel's kind of like because he is that all American dad and it's very like the 50s kind of BS, it's like, oh, sex? Oh, no, no, don't talk about that. Uh, yeah. I love that. So so we get that so I was just talking about the VHS dating thing too and now he's like a marriage counselor and I love that like he switched to prey upon these women to to right to, like that's to, his, to pose as B. to well no to pose as a psychiatrist so that now he can drill down and really get to the meat and potatoes of like what he wants out of a woman while also simultaneously being able to uh 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 move in mm on these women that are divorced or widowed? Well, right. I'm saying plan B because the tapes didn't work out. Well, no, I just thought that was funny because there's another layer of, like, gross shit happening there. You know what I mean? 100%. Whereas the VHS thing is played for comedy. This is, like psychologically fucked up. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So we learn about Meg Foster's divorce and like how he, she left, he left her for the, for the young uh, hygienist or whatever. And now they start to create that connection together. Right. Because she's been going to therapy for a few months now or something like that. And then as we progress, she starts getting closer to him because he starts like taking an interest to her specifically because she has the little boy and, and she's very like about family values. Yeah, but, you know, she doesn't wear it on her sleeve like he does. I mean, again, he's, not to keep Remington like, leave it to beaver. She's like Angel in the Streets, Devil in the Sheets kind of thing going on, Yeah, you know? Uh, But she comes over to him and they're chit-chatting because uh, he, he brings his groceries in and it's a, it's a patented stepfather move. He's, he drops these fucking groceries because he knows she's going to come over and help him. I was thinking the same thing. And we we, we uh, uh, compare him to Dahmer in the first movie. This is a fucking Dahmer move, dude. To yeah. be like, oh, can you come help me do this so I can pray upon you? <laughs> He's like, oh, if it wasn't for TV dinners, I don't know if I'd eat. And she's uh... like, hey, oh, you know the secret? And there's another great, like, <laughs> swerve, I gotta say. yeah. Uh, she's like, get someone else to cook for yeah. you. And you're thinking, all right, well, she's going to cook for him. That's a little yeah. sexist, but it's hilarious because it cuts and they're, like, eating Chinese. I was like, yeah. all right, that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good, but, like, I feel like that would deter him because it was like, oh, you got to make a meal. You're the perfect. Mom. Well, that's where I thought they were going with yeah. it. Yeah, but they're, yeah, they're having Chinese, and and Terry, Terry can't help himself, man. He's already calling this kid Slugger. And oh, he just met him. He's ready to go. He takes after dinner. He like takes him outside, teaches him how to pitch. <laughs> he's then, like, yeah, if you throw it overhand instead of sideways, you know, come right back there you to go, you, kid. I want here. I'll show you my workshop. Let's build shit together. <laughs> Meg Foster comes out, sees him doing the catch. He's already doing one of these. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, Phil, Phil never did that. Phil never did that, even though he had a Los Angeles Angels jacket on later. <laughs> he's not in <into> the baseball. <laughs> well, but you're right. Yeah, they're in the garage well, doing some woodwork. Yeah, so they make a skateboard ramp, and he's like busting Ollie's that on this cool. fucking thing. And like, he's just connecting with this kid. And but, they're, with his name etched into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I don't know. Like, again, this is, takes place over this year. You know, and he's fine. Like all of this stuff kind of uh, works itself out. And he's like always hanging out with the kid and like doing stuff with him and like having dinner at the house and shit like that. Like like that element of it. I I do like a lot because compared to the first one, the first one, it's like he murders his family in the opening. And then it's one year later. He's already with the new family. So you don't get the setup. Yeah. Uh, Whereas this one, it's all set up. I mean outside of the fu- the final scene, the last right. ad- act rather. Right. Um it's it's the courting time. Or the yes. courtship time, however you want to work. And it the out. courtship time involves creepy picture taking. <laughs> and he takes a <laughs> little mark to the left. He takes this picture, this perfect picture, and then puts it up in his fucking workshop and like takes the other one down the, the of I think it's Hack Hacker Joel Scholen and like crumples it up and throws it away. And uh and yeah. then he's my new family, make room for daddy TM. Yeah, that He says it like three, five times. I know, he keeps saying it. Yeah. Terry O'Quinn's like, they're gonna make me do this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All this gore, is that what I signed up for? I'll say this one as many that's times why, as I can. That's why he's having his meltdown. It was yeah. channeling his anger. So again, so there's a now now it's like a year later at this point. And the the husband shows up, Phil, while they're having a session, and Terry Quinn sees him pulling across the street <laughs> and he's he, instantly has, distracted. he has a fucking aneurysm dude and he's like not listening to what caroline williams is telling him caroline williams is like yeah i took a mnemonic test to see like my intelligence and <laughs> it was really depressing he's like, wow he's like well uh, yeah just, just try it another time she's like what it's not a math <laughs> test what are you talking about He's like, oh uh, do better next time he said <laughs> oh yeah yeah and she even like pulls him aside after because he does it again like like obviously too busy looking at the guy out, across yeah. the street and, and she's like, hey, did you hear a word I said in there? Like, that was kind of important. He's like, ah, oh, it's all in here. And he, like, you know, slaps his little uh, book. They're paying him yeah. to be his her their psychologist. I mean his group therapy, mind you, but still. Uh so yeah, that this this leads to Terry then going over there to uh to Carol's house S- and being like, Oh yeah, we gotta get in for dinner later? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna throw around the old pigskin with Todd there. Hmm. Who else walks out? But Mitchell Lawrence. Yes. As Phil Graylin. Did you see who this guy was from? No. The Runestone. He's the what character. He's the guy who gets possessed by Fenrir in, oh, in the Runestone. That's like obsessed with sex and all that?
1: Yeah. Oh man. So,
0: so here he goes, some more MDU lore for you. After he after he uh he gets possessed by Fenrir and then comes back because they take Fenrir out of him. Right. right? Yeah. Sigvald's in the time sig- god. Sigvald's the time god from fucking uh, Die Hard comes and fucking kills the, the werewolf. Vigo, right. Yeah. Vigo, yeah. And, uh, you know, he ends up losing everything. And and then it becomes a dentist. Right. He doesn't die at the end. No, he doesn't die at the end. He's he, be- a dentist, he becomes exactly. a dentist. He's a real asshole. He you know, after that experience of being like a wolf man, yeah. he's like, you know, I saw Re- I saw Rudolph. <laughs> you know, bumbles bounce. I think you pull all the teeth out, obviously. <laughs> Imagine coming back and you know, beating the fact that you, you were a Norse werewolf, right? <laughs> Only to be dispatched by fucking Terry O'Quinn for moving in on his on your previous squeeze. I mean, to be totally fair, we know who originally dispatched him. It wasn't just Sig Volta Oh yeah, it was his. It was his buddy. They got the fucking axe from the from the movie theater. Well, there's that, but it's Fanducci from it was fucking God uh, no named Norm. Yes. Well, no, no, or not a mask. Right? Yeah, from the mask Jesus. <laughs> Wait, he's the Pez eater. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, best the, fucking the candy in the world. <laughs> I, tried, I I knew it was connected to something. I don't want. I write right the norm. That's Kaminsky. Different, different, different cop. <laughs> Shittier cop. He's a Zagnut guy, not a Pez guy. Right? Yeah, yeah. That, that that's insane though. Yeah, he comes out oh. and Terry's just like, huh? Okay. He's like, "Yeah, I'm Phil. I'm uh, Todd's uh, father." Oh man, he starts. So he's like, "Oh, that's great. See you later." And he goes home and has a fucking meltdown in his wood shop and he's just like cutting wood like all fucking crazy. <laughs> he's fucking beating the picture with a fucking hammer on the uh, on the table. Like, and then Caroline yeah. Williams comes to the door and she's knocking on it because I like, guess she forgot her hat or something. Well, she forgot this fucking hat, by the way. Looks like the one Grandpa wore in, in Terrorvision. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm about to be fifty-two's. Well, kind of, yeah, well, she's a she's a male woman. So. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's what it was. So she so she gets her hat, but she's, like, snooping around, so she looks in his book. And, like, she opens it up, and there's nothing written down in the book. Well, it's all in there, Joe! It's all in there! Uh. And then he walks in, and he's holding this hammer, sweating like a hog, like... You... <laughs> yes, can I help you? You think he, she's he's gonna beat her fucking brains in with the hammer, but he doesn't. I mean, you would... I was going to say he's not that stupid to do that in his own house, but then something happens like 15 minutes later, so Well, the idea of her just coming over and just like walking into his home, you think that he would she would be fucking taken out True. right then and there. She she's like pretty suspicious of this guy early on, but you know, she she's kind of like the discipliner of this movie, but not as reckless and actually like figure some shit out that makes more sense than the discipliner. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, yes and no, because she, she well, has she to, she starts going through his mail. She starts going through his fucking mail. Yeah. But before, so, so, uh, so Meg Foster, uh, breaks the news to Terry O'Quinn that, you know, Phil's back and they're going to get, try it again, get back together and whatever. And, and Terry Quinn's like, Hmm. Well, we should make sure that Phil's on, he's on the up and up, you know? You send him over, I'm a psychiatrist, I'll talk to him, I'll see what the deal is, if he's real, if he's for real or not, okay? You just send him over to my house. And, like, they, they make a comment here where, like, when he when he first gets there, like, oh, where's Todd? Oh, he's not home, and it's, it's heavily implied that it's just, like, he didn't want to see his dad because he's pissed at him. Oh, yeah, and he does that to him a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, Phil fucking comes over. To, to to see Terry with that again the Los Angeles Lakers uh, Jack and I don't know why that stuck with me and maybe start- because we just did Predator two and he, the Angels yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and he's such a fucking asshole, dude. Like he's—he's he's like, yeah, I'm only here because Carol because uh Carol wants me to fucking talk it out or something with you because you you know what you know you're the psychiatrist or whatever. I mean, he's an asshole, but also I don't totally blame him. Granted, he's still a scumbag. He's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. it didn't work out with the twenty-three year old because it was a twenty fucking three year old, and you're like forty something. Uh, yeah, no, obviously. Yeah. but I love how Terry is just like. Yeah, you know what? You're just uh she told me that you you gotta go and yeah. this ain't gonna work out. Uh yeah, that's what she told me to say. She couldn't say it herself, and he's like, you know, Terry's just assuming that's gonna work and he's like, uh I have to hear from her herself and well, then he, and then he goes to like march out the door and Terry's like looks all like panicky. He's like ah. Oh! I, li- I lied it was it was a test he fucking puts out his cigarette on the guy's carpet oh yeah I on Terry's about that. carpet yeah. man and he's like he's like I'm, well, I'm staying for good so fuck you mm. make room for daddy to so he goes to he oh, goes to right. leave and then yeah Terry's like you lie yeah I, I lied uh she wants you and you're the best and um I'm very happy for you let's have a drink shall we <laughs> let's have some wine pours this guy a fucking vodka and he's like, he's like you're gonna drink this with me He's like, "No, I, I was going to crack this bottle open." And he fucking takes his bottle of scotch and fucking hits this guy in the back of that. It's the best, dude. It's hilarious. And Terry made sure to go into like his uh lounge room where he had a fucking nice rug laid out. Yeah. <laughs> cuz then he takes this broken bottle and just uh, uh, like stabs the shit out I of it. I love the way this is shot cuz he does like a Sam Raimi thing where like the lamps on the mm-hmm. ground and the fucking blood splashes on it and stuff. It's fucking cool. It's it's probably the best kill in the movie for me at least. But like this is the only one I really needed. Yeah, there's you one know? later that's more just depressing because of, of I like the character, but for plot purposes, so it makes sense. Yeah, because it's like, well, how do we figure out he's the bad guy? Right. But anyway. We get there. So then he gets a call from, uh, from, his, from, from Carol. I almost said his wife. From Carol. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You got this fucking banger line I just wanted to mention before we move on. Sure. Because he's like, well, I'm a psychiatrist. You're a dentist. And he's like, well, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? And he's like, when a tooth is dead, you pull it out. You don't wait for it to get better. And I thought that was such a fucking, oh, like, yeah. just a banger fucking line for And him. I, that's right like before he hits him with the bottle yeah. and says, i to crack open. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Terry <laughs> Miller time. I'm kind of of two minds of it, because, like, I like that kind of stuff. I just, it, it took me out of it a little bit, because even though Terry was kind of like I had mentioned earlier... Uh, uh, throwing stuff back at people's faces, being a little snarky. I feel like he's a little bit more jokey in this one. He oh. kind of gets the Freddy Krueger treatment, where he just gets sillier in this in the sequel. Uh, absolutely, and he gives him he, he gives him the old fucking Patrick Bateman because he's like, "Make room for Daddy, huh?" Uh, yeah, well, trying to get reservation at Dorsey and now, you fucking. Uh, he's like stabbing him, <laughs> and then and then Carol, after a whole year, you piece of shit. Well, right, yeah, yeah. And then Carol calls, and he's like, oh, "Yeah, we're just wrapping something up," and I'm yeah. like, "Okay," in the in the fucking rug, yeah. Uh, just real quick, because it's intercut with that scene and mm. Caroline Williams and, and uh, Meg Foster are like having drinks and she mentions this wine. Oh, that's important. That, yeah. That's very important to the plot because her, her fucking parents gave her cases and cases of this fucking wine, this fancy wine. Right, From like that's not like a local thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that is important. And she's saying, oh yeah, you know, Stretch, you used to... Uh... <laughs> okay, remember when fucking... you had that radio show? Yeah. yeah, remember when your partner got skinned <laughs> alive in Texas Chainsaw too? Well, that's what happened. She killed Chop Top. Hey, how do we not go into that yet? We've been doing a lot of MDU, so maybe that's why. So she kills Chop Top. She's right. dancing around with the chainsaw. She settles down in Los Angeles. She moves from Texas to Los Angeles, becomes a fucking male woman. Right, and she, right. And, you know, she 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 recoups. That's why she's going to therapy. It wasn't the relationship with her ex. That's why she's going through all these. She's got man problems, right? Right. Yeah. Bubba. Bubba, yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. So she had a bad relationship with Bubba. He died. She's trying to get over it. She's trying to find the perfect man. He died with that chainsaw in his gut. Yeah. Uh, or so we thought, Jeff Burr brought him back in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. It really is connected. And it she really was in is. It. she's in it! She's yeah. in it. She a cameo! Well, yeah, but they, she's not even credited. I it, know, I yeah, think. yeah. She doesn't even speak on camera anyway. No. So then we go to this fucking hotel. I guess it's where, where this guy, Phil's been staying. <laughs> well, coming back to the Freddy Krueger line, <laughs> Meg Foster calls him, and she's like, yeah, to have Phil call me when you're done. He's like, okay. And then he hangs up, and then he's like, hey, Phil, uh, Carol said for you to call her. I... D- <laughs> It is funny, but it, I'm just kind of like, Doesn't why does need he keep it. talking to this fucking dead body? Well, that because it's a goof for us to laugh. I know. <laughs> Stepfather, it's funny. He's crazy, but I just it was like, I don't know. I'm not trying to just constantly compare the first one, but it is a direct sequel, so it's hard not yeah. to. It's well, like, no, the cheese is kind of turned up. And again, e- like the Freddy Krueger kind of thing is, to, is there. So, uh, I mean, it's hot right now, dude. Yeah, all of that stuff. The the, the 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 quick-witted killer. We we get like I I would consider it a bit of a callback where he throws all this guy's affects into a suitcase. Oh, kind of yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he goes to the fucking hotel, he packs all the shit up, checks checks him out and drives his fucking car to a junkyard. I love this scene so much, dude. It's 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 a great scene, but again, it just kind of took me out of the movie a little bit, because I'm like, it's Terry O'Quinn having the fucking night of his life, crashing this car into heaps of, like, stacks of other cars. So this is your friend hey hey, uh, <laughs> Phil, did you feel that back there? <laughs> How you doing, bud? And he's got this fucking music cranked up. Oh, yeah, it's kind of a great scene. It's it's funny, but I, I see what you're saying, because going from the first one to this one and not ever seeing it before... I knew what I was getting into. Okay. Okay. Right. So like, I consider the first movie like a separate thing. And that's this fair. is, like, this is a, if you want it kind of thing. Um, I thought, I, I laughed out loud. I, thought I, mean, I'm, out. I mean, I'm not trying to sound super negative on it. Cause that's no, fine. It's your opinion, but it, it just was like oh, a very big tonal change, which again, yeah. with that said, a lot of movies that have sequels in this genre does kind of end up like that for sure. Um, So he bashes up this fucking car and then finally like, Parks it or crashes it, and then beats the shit out of it like a fucking Street Fighter yeah. uh, bonus stage with, with a with, with, with a, a with a jack handle. <laughs> gotta, and then he and then he does the whistling. Yeah, he does the camp town races, but I love it because he because the payoff for this you don't quite understand because you're like oh I guess he's just gonna leave it in the junkyard. But then, I mean I had thoughts. Yeah, but the following day he's t- Meg Foster comes over, she's like, what did he say where he did say did Phil say where he went or anything? And he's like, uh yeah I don't know. He said he didn't he didn't love you anymore and he left she's just, like, that son of a bitch. And he, she's like, yeah, he just checked out and left. I, I don't know. And it's his inner cut with the junkyard and the car being fucking crushed. Uh, yeah. And the, the juxtaposition of the message of, like, finally, Terry O'Quinn has solidified his position in Meg Foster's life. Case closed. <sighs> Here's another thing, though, with that scenario, or scene, rather, when, he, when he's walking home that night. Oh, yeah. Th- like, there's little things in this movie. Again, I, I hate to keep comparing it to the first one, but it's hard not to. It's okay. The first one, he's pretty much like, he only gets caught because of, for like semantical reasons, basically. Yeah. Because of little things that like you really, really, really had to hunt for. He also slips up a lot because of certain things yes the boyfriend is the breaking point in the first movie well well well, from a psychosis standpoint but i'm talking about just finding him as the killer oh no agreed but like that's what kind of sets it off i agree but in this one it's just like silly ass mistakes like like whistling and walking home and you know right on the front like at least try to go through the backyard or something because then todd runs right up to him like hey terry how you doing he's like "Uh, uh oh uh uh Hey, how you doing, uh, a slugger? And he's like, <laughs> have you seen my dad? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, he left. I don't know. He's like, oh, was he mad at me? And I was like, oh, this poor fucking kid. Yeah. He's like, let was me he... take you inside sport for a warm glass of milk. <laughs> he's like, you know what happens when I get down? I make myself a big old sandwich. Yeah. That makes everything better. Even uh-huh. And he's just like, you know, Todd, it's not your fault, but your dad hates you and your mom, and that's why he left. <laughs> and I'm going to be your new dad, Okay. Hey, hey, yeah, uh, Terry. By the way, what was that song you were whistling? I never heard that before. It- oh, it's from my childhood. Let me teach you how to whistle it. This my- won't be relevant later. <laughs> my dad taught me. It's the Camp Town Races. Yeah, and why? I guess Todd looks up to uh, he's got no other father figure. He's got no other father figure. And Terry O'Quinn's been more of a dad to him in this past year than his than Phil has been like his entire life, I guess. I mean, let's not even try to kid ourselves that, you know, this is what he does. He ingrains himself in these families. Well, he knows how to push, you know, he pushes the right buttons to get this kid to trust. He's also had a lot of practice (laughs) on what to say and what not to say. Killed a lot of kids. Yeah, it's like it's like the stepfather groundhog's day. I, I, on yeah. some level, yeah, yeah, no fudge skateboard, uh, ramp, got it, right? Birdhouse family, Mr. <laughs> Ed, <laughs> well, yeah, so th- yeah, yeah, so, so the they're whistling th- together, and it's like this weird thing where it's like, uh, Terry O'Quinn's passing, like, thinks he's connecting with this kid I mean, on his. like a, a no, but like on a different level, oh, sure, yeah, right in Terry Quinn's head right and like that scene that you were talking about a, a couple minutes ago with uh, Meg Foster finding out like oh Phil left you know he's like oh yeah sorry to hear that and then he's like well actually I lied I'm not sorry at all because I'm in love with you and then he starts like kissing her he just kisses her <laughs> and they're like making it out now and, and then it's like, like, like okay. and then we flash forward to like this fucking barbecue and they're they're announcing their marriage and Caroline Williams is there and she's like what, what the, the fuck, fuck? <laughs> yeah I kind of like her arc, because she's, like, the only one in the in the whole place that's just like, this, you, you barely know the guy, this is moving a little fast. Well, I think I think Meg dismisses her because she's a fucking Budinsky anyway, because she's the male lady and she's gossipy. She's like Mrs. Akmonic from fucking Alf. She's always going through people's shit. And she's like, oh, he only gets local mail and junk mail, and he doesn't get anything from, like, his family or friends. And, like, are they going to be at the wedding? And she's like, no. And she's like, well, that's a red flag. You don't even know this guy. All right. Uh, yeah, I... I... But they I, have known each other for a year and change, which I guess isn't a long time. And, and it's their best friends. They've known each other for probably 30 or 40 yeah, years. Well, Trust yeah. your best friend. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, but it's, your point, is, It's almost like Caroline Williams kind of is like jealous, it seems. That's how Meg Foster takes that's it. That's how she takes it because of what's been happening yeah. with Caroline Williams and her relationships. Because she even says earlier when they're having that scene where they're drinking wine, hanging out. Uh, she's like, I, I thought you said you thought Terry he was pretty good looking. Why are you saying he's a weirdo? And she's like, she doesn't tell her what happened when she went to get the hat, but she's like, I just something the fucking off about this guy. Hey, she calls him we don't Dr. even know Strange. if he's a real psychiatrist. She calls him Dr. Strange. She's like, why don't you go date Peter Hooten? He's got more hair. <laughs> and he's got those powers. Yeah, he's got that sweet mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Terry O'Quinn looks like Peter Hooten in the first stepfather. Oh, a little bit. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. So at the end of the, at the end of the day, they're, they're in the kitchen and, um, Meg Foster, like, wants to fuck Terry O'Quinn, and he's like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. And he's like, we, don't you want to wait? Like, it's my first time getting married, and I want to wait and, like, make it special and, like, do it traditionally. And she's like, oh, I guess I, I'm supposed to wear a white wedding dress, too, and all this bullshit. And she's he's like, what is this, Victorian he's guys? Like, he's like, wait a second, I didn't mean that. So she gets all pissed off and kind of storms out, she's like, I'm going home, because yeah. he doesn't want to fuck. Do, do you blame her? No, I don't, because these people are, like, fucking... Mid-40s. 40s. Like, the f- late 30s, early 40s. I... No, they're mid-40s, early-50s, Joe. Maybe. I mean, Terry O'Quinn's... Depends. It, I, I had young parents, so... No, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, Just because the man's bald doesn't mean he's that old. I think they're in their 40s. Okay, fine. Either way. E- yeah, either way, Terry O'Quinn, Bachelor for Life, apparently. is yeah. how he's selling this this version of himself. Because he says a line later. Well, well Gene... Gene Doctor Jean oh, well. is a uh, is a bachelor for life. Yeah. So then we kind of get the culmination of this 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 stretch storyline where she's going through his mail. Yeah. And she finds something from uh, Portland. Yeah. She's from like, the high school. Ah. Yeah. And she's like, "Aha!" He said he's from Connecticut area. Mm-hmm. So she calls him. He's sitting there eating his fucking cornflakes oh, or whatever, no, it's or Rice his Rice Krispies. Yeah. And I love Store when when he- brand. I love when he pours the milk and he fucking listens to it and he's he's a weird dude it's like this wholesome psychopath anyway i mean at one point earlier in the movie he's watching some like puppet show on tv (laughs) so oh oh the the, uh thunderbirds oh yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so yeah he gets a call and you know he's like oh okay oh how you doing cut to the park she's there like on a bench like with this fucking envelope he's like oh yeah stretch what's this all about she's like yeah cut the shit you said you were from connecticut he's like i'm from portland well, yeah, he changed his story fast. Well, uh, I said my last my job was from was yeah. It, yeah. She's like, okay. And he's like, I don't like you spying on me and going through my fucking mail. Which, okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. I, I don't blame him there. Uh, he is a fucking nut, though, so well, it's okay in this case. I, let me rephrase that then. I. I I don't blame anybody that would have that, besides maybe him because he's fucking crazy. Well, <laughs> well, it just goes to show that you should check up, and if you're wrong, fine. I'd rather I'd rather somebody be mad at me for checking their mail. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. So then she's he's basically trying to like act like you know do ah, you know you're trying to catch me in this you don't know what you're talking yeah. about. She's like, well, it says she tells him she's like, oh yeah, well it says you were on a basketball team, and he's like, yeah, I sure was, star player. She's like, yeah, you're the star player, and, and she's like, uh, and but I don't see you in the picture. And he's like, "Well, you know, now it's 1974. You know, a lot changes." And she's like, "Can this much change?" And she shows him the picture, and it's of all black basketball yeah. team. And he's like, "Yeah, I guess I can't change that much." <laughs> it's fucking so good. So now we know he's caught, but like, you know, obviously she doesn't know to what extent because he didn't know the ethnicity of the person. Like when he stole the identity in the what? obituary. Yeah. So then she's like, "All right, well, you got to tell Carol because uh, if you don't, I will." And he's like, "Oh, oh, okay. well, let me let me do it tonight." And she's like, "Okay, you got the five o'clock." Yeah. I'll do it. Don't you worry. Yeah. She okay. gets up and walks away and he was like burning a hole through her with his eyes. So he buys Meg Foster flowers, fucks the shit out of her. Like, well, all he, night. he comes up with the flowers before he yeah. fucks the shit out of oh, yeah. her. Literally. Yeah. yeah. He goes, oh, lifelong bachelor having some wedding jitters. <laughs> can, you, can you forgive me? Can you blame me? Ride me, baby. <laughs> she does. Uh, she sure does. And he's actually got to like act like he's enjoying he's it. He's like, he's riding him on top. Well, it's just like the Shelly hack sex scene from the first one. Well, it's she's just doing so uncomfortable, man. He's just like, he's like, yeah, look at the ceiling. Don't look at my face. Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Think of something else. <laughs> look, it's it lost its face. Lost its face. So then she she, uh, gets her brains fucked out and passes out. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, by the way, Shrek is trying to call her for hours. Well, that's because Rump came and did a fucking double number on her. Oh, no. No, but just real quick, I want to add to the fact that, like, he tells her, he's like, I got something to tell you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, like, takes his shirt up and you see all his scars from the first movie. And he's like, Yeah, crazy patient attacked me. She's like, Oh, that's why you were upset about having sex? He's like, Yeah, I look like Frankenstein. And she's like, No, you don't. And she proceeds to lick these fucking scars which is kind of gross yeah. but okay and then they fuck she lies he lies to her again right and stretch is like waiting all night to hear but like what happened so she falls asleep on the couch we see a shot of uh, basically uh, uh, Terry's bed but he ain't in the bed oh yeah and uh, we cut back to stretch she wakes up she hears a noise this is a really great tense scene though I they, think I think this is one of the better scenes in yeah, the I agree. movie in terms of like I mean it's a little stalker-ish like, uh, like uh, you know Friday the, 13th or or Friday the thirteenth, a slasher, Friday the thirteenth thing because there's Black like P- POV shots and shit like that, which is a little weird for this movie or what we've got since the yeah. first one. Yeah, but it's it like you just said, it's tense. Uh, she's she's kind of going through the apartment. She grabs a letter opener and she's she's really expecting the worst. Yeah, it's so cheap though because the cat is in the trash can and that scares the shit out of her but it's not her cat it's just some stray i that terry let in i guess i guess but it's also the thing of like you just left all that garbage on the fucking floor and turned off the light for the night what are you doing you disgusting <laughs> well it doesn't matter because as soon as she lets this cat out and puts the letter opener down here comes terry with like a ripped fucking cloth <laughs> she steps over harvey uh from painkiller he's lying oh, yeah. on the fucking floor in the kitchen yeah, He's he's behind the table yeah uh, and, uh, he chokes the shit out of her and just, bye-bye. Strangles the hell out of her with, like, a bath, uh, belt. Bathrobe uh, belt. Okay, that's what it was, the, yeah. The creepiest part of this scene is while he's choking her out, the whole time he's she's looking at a picture of Meg Foster, like, on her, like, table. Yeah, they keep cutting back and forth it's, to it. It's, it's creepy. creepy. Yeah. And then he stages it to make it look like she killed herself. And he writes like a like a, a really short suicide note, which is like a theme on this show. Dude, it might as well be the fucking uh, Edward Nigma note from yeah. Batman Forever. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, With exactly. Goodbye, cruel world, Ed Beagley Jr. Uh, see, his signature matches exactly, Joe. Sentence <laughs> structure and spelling. Uh, and it's, it's a fucking creepy shot, too, because it pans to where he hung her in, like, the walkway. And he yeah. kind of just casually walks past her. He And he takes a bottle of that fucking wine. See, this is where he gets a little overzealous, right? Which, okay, for the end of the movie to work, I, I, I all feel of like this it has to happen. To, yeah. I, I just don't think it's executed as well as at first. No, one. especially, again, like... The first one, he's so calculating. Like maybe he has a couple slip ups, but it's mostly because he he cracks. Yeah. But this is like you're you're basically incriminating yourself by doing this. I and mean, I, obviously he doesn't realize it's some like wine that was sent to her on this special occasion. Right. He just sees it and is like, oh, wine. Yeah. Uh And he, you know he doesn't know the backstory, but pretty pretty bad move, Terry. Not only is it a bad move, but the next, the, he like without skipping a beat. he Well, let's talk about it. he like hops the wall yeah. and he's like whistling the camp town races right, yeah. and there's thank god there's a the guy's blind but he could still fucking hear and he's like who's out there and Terry Quinn runs away but he goes right back to Meg Foster wakes her up from yeah, like sound a sound sleep and he's like look I wanted to get some wine you want to drink some wine to celebrate and she's like oh that's great where'd you get that at this time and now he's like I don't know I had it yeah there could have been any point where Terry Quinn's like I just had this in my house, I was saving it for a special occasion. That's all he had to say. Uh, yeah. And then the then she, master of manipulation just can't get past this fucking wine. I mean, after he came, he lost all sense because he's like, I'm no longer the perfect man. These ah! <laughs> pipes are clean. Yeah. So then next morning, Meg Foster gets the call, and we get like a quick montage of basically Stretch's funeral, and now Meg Foster at her house selling it. Oh, God, that's such a disgusting scene, too, when he's like consoling her. And, and yeah, yeah. First, they're in in uh, uh, Caroline Williams' house, and yeah. then they move back to their house, yeah. or or I guess Carol's house, I should say. And they're still talking about it, and you know, Meg Foster, you know, can't stop crying. As her best friend was, you know, killed herself, as far as she knows. And she's the real estate agent, so she's selling the fucking yeah. house for. Her. And she's even saying like it doesn't make any sense because yeah. like Terry writes on the note like, oh, I'm sorry, I disappointed everybody. And she's like asking him, "Is is there anything you could think of?" And you were her psychiatrist. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, uh, she, she, uh, she couldn't find a man, so she killed." I'm like, yeah, "Come on, Terry! She was, she couldn't find the perfect man. Uh. She was jealous of you, Meg Foster. You found me, and I'm perfect. Wow. So she had to go." I guess from a character standpoint, that is, it made sense of what he, that he would say kind that. Of, yeah. But I was like, "All right, <laughs> oh, that's a little sexist," but then yeah, a little. Wow, well, a lot of, a lot of. But yeah, they're back at the house talking still, and Terry like, "This, this just happened." He's like, "Ah, can you get over it?" How long are you gonna cry? He's like, I need you. She's dead. She didn't need you. No. It's that's over. Yeah, Cause she wants to like delay the wedding. And yeah. He and like, he's like, he's like, oh. He's we, like, go- no. we gotta have this wedding, whether we go down to the fucking courthouse or the or the wedding. So she, she she's like, Oh, okay, we'll do it. Have the big flowers and the and the church and everything. Let's do it, Terry yeah. O'Quinn. Oh, oh. And I skipped over what you set it up, my bad. But the old man comes over, yes. the blind man with the, the spare key. And he sits down, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, she always had a lot of uh, boyfriends. Coming in and out. Yeah, but uh, never one that left that late at night. She's like, yeah, what are you talking about? And he's standing there like, "Eh, okay, yeah, shut up, old man. (laughs) And he's like, fuck. "Fuck." He's like, yeah, he, he he was whistling this song that I hadn't heard in forever. And he whistles it. And it's the Camp Town Races." And I guess like at this point in the in their relationship, he hasn't done that around uh around That's... Meg Foster, which in the first one, he just did that whenever. But this one, the sequel that they, they kind of make it like his killing thing, like when he kills people, he does it. Yeah. Or when he has that, you know, successfully did something fucked up and got away with it. Right. You know I mean? he'll, which... he'll whistle. I thought it was a little stupid, but the way that it works in the plot, I again, feel it's like, like it it's like working. his Jaws theme, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's it's here that Meg Foster's like, oh, wow, he's somebody was whistling that thing. We should look into it. He's like, I don't give a shit. Who fucking cares? It's just a song, whatever. Yeah. I never heard of it. I never heard of it. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there on my couch, like, yeah, well, you taught it to Jonathan Brandis, so this is obviously going to come back, dumbass. So we fast forward to the wedding, and Jonathan Brandis is taking in a case of the same fucking wine that was at Caroline Williams' house. Right? Turns out to be a present from. Caroline Williams is uh folks. folks. Yeah. And she, she so they're all getting ready for the wedding and, and, and make Foster is a white dress. Mike she she does. And she looks at the bottle she's like, "Oh, this is from Caroline Williams' mom and dad. Oh, the wine." And then she's like, "Oh, the wine." And she's like thinking about it. Fuck. And then Todd, Jonathan brandon starts whistling Camp town Races outside the door and and it all fucking comes uh, together, man. Even Terry hears it and he's like, He's like, fuck, I better go see what's going on. She's like, where'd you learn that? And at first he can't remember. And he's like, oh, wait, no, Todd taught me. Ter- yeah. Oh, no, Terry. I mean, Gene. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's Todd. Not- anyway, it's confusing. <laughs> who am I here? Uh, who are we? Yeah, exactly. So he's, he's in the room now and he hears basically Jonathan Brandis say this. And he's like, uh... Uh well, we gotta get married, you gotta get ready, gonna be late to your own wedding. And she's like, ah, yeah, hold on. Todd, go outside. I need to talk to Terry you She's gonna ask him a question. He's like, Where'd you get this wine? He's like, I don't know. I found it somewhere. Yeah. And she's like, Why the fuck did you teach my son how to whistle the Campdown races? The same person who fucking murdered my best friend. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, I think you're overreacting. She's like, You need to tell me. And then he just gives up. Oh yeah, it's broken. Yeah. It's 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 time to kill the family. At, Again. The, at the church, at by the, the way. In the church. Yeah. So he grabs her veil and he shoves it in her mouth and starts fucking choking her out. He Dude, slams he her head against the wall. Slams her head against the wall. He's fucking choking her out with this thing. Jonathan Brandis comes in and he fucking takes a wine bottle and almost smacks him in the head with it. And he runs away. He chases after him. Locks his ass in a fucking janitor closet. Yeah, and, and this last sequence is pretty intense. I mean, there's a we've said that word a few times because there are sequences throughout where it ratchets up and then it goes back down. This is nothing like the end of the first movie. That one's very intense and creepy and, and this is almost an action movie well this is it's more um brutal yeah in terms of like they're like going around and he's just smacking the shit out of meg foster he's like throwing her into the fucking food tray and like throwing her into a fucking table into the cake into the cake to the top or they cut back to it in slow motion falling yeah and uh, she fucking stabs him again right in the heart with a fucking uh, serving uh, uh, utensil. What is he? Uncle Eddie? Or Cousin oh Eddie, god. rather? Oh my god, yeah. And she's got she's... a metal platen under the skin? Yeah. <laughs> she also stabs him in the fucking hand with a fucking uh, roast beef fork. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He keeps coming at her. And this is this yeah. is like, a, again, a butcher knife, like, hilt here. Yeah. How? Okay, whatever. He pulls it out, fucking bitch slaps her through a fucking door, and she goes flying. It, like, explodes. Jonathan Brandis somehow breaks out of this fucking. Closet. Oh, he he takes a hammer and he fucking uh, takes the hinges off the door. But it's oh, that yeah. thing too, because before like Terry O'Connor was like teaching him how to use a hammer and like tools and oh, stuff, yeah. which is kind of a, kind of a cool callback. Uh, and while this is all going on, like the people in the church are just like checking their watch, like where the hell are they playing play the, organ music? Possession again. <laughs> I don't know. The fucking priest is like, beats me. So then Terry removes the knife from his chest, which would cause him to immediately bleed out. Yeah, it's in the same spot. Again, does he he have a metal plate under the skin there? Is he wearing body armor? They moved his heart over so that it missed it, right? Oh, okay. When they did that surgery. He's like one of the titans from Attack on Titan. He can move it to any part in his body. Yeah, he's got that Project Metal Beast skin over it, right? They grafted it onto him. Could be. Another wrinkle in the winter stepfather project, <laughs> I think. Oh, you know Crookshake wants to get his hands on that <laughs> fucking uh, material. We need to uh, make you stronger! Yes, but if we but if we put the metal beast skin on him, he'll be fine. He gets stabbed up to the handle, he can live. I don't know what this accent is. It's almost like Mitten Spite from Leprechaun 4. Uh anyway. So- <laughs> Jonathan Brandis runs in right before stepfather TM is gonna stab Meg Foster, and he fucking cracks him in the hand with the with the hammer. And he's like, "Oh shit!" and he like drops to his knees. Mm. Jonathan Brandis claw side of this hammer, by the way, fucking plants it right in his chest. It's great, and he, he tries to talk him down first. He's like, "Yeah." Hey, you don't mean it, little slugger, do you? As he's like slowly reaching for the knife, and then boom! It's good old Gene, and he fucking dude. This thing goes all the way into his chest, and he falls down. And you're like, well, that's the end of the movie. He's dead. Well, well no, we have two more minutes. We need to do. First. Yeah, <laughs> this is great, though, man. Because so so they hear them coming in the door, and they're like, oh, let's start the music. So everybody's like, oh, here they come. This is great, and they're playing. Dun, 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 dun. And it's Jonathan Brandis and Mick Foster, and they're all beat to shit and bloodied up, and everybody yeah. starts fucking going insane. Uh, yeah, and this is one of those cases where the VHS literally spoils it on the back if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's right on the back. <laughs> oh, by the way, and the cake. Yeah. By the way, I love the the art for this. It's mm. so fucking cool, and even it's got the little gimmick like the, the the foil knife on the on the front of this. It's such a good poster. I agree. Uh, and then, yeah, like, we cut back to where Stepfather was on the ground, supposedly dead or dying, because well, you can hear him breathing still. When well, they walk the hammer away. is, like, out of him. Yeah. On the ground, all bloody. He walks back into the reception hall and just fucking collapses next to the cake and is looking at this top row, like, Urgh! and Joe then, to part. and then, much like earlier, he just, <laughs> he just collapses and dies, and we cut to fucking black, dude. Uh, yeah. Credits. You're not coming back. How do you? You're not coming back from a hammer to the chest. You weren't coming back from the first movie either, but fine. Whatever. Fine. You wanted to make this one fine. How? Like, they don't even. So they don't explain how he recovers from his wounds in the first one and the second one, and they don't explain how he recovers from his wounds from the second to the third. Because it's fucking dumb. It's voodoo magic, man. Fucking voodoo magic, man. (laughs) Fucking voodoo magic, man. But yeah, the but then third... we get that cool kind of credits uh, song, which is kind of like a mix of the theme of this film and the town races, the which I whistling. was cool! Yeah, the whistling fucking over the credits is pretty cool. Yeah, that, that that's basically the movie. So where are we putting this? I'm putting this one in the dumpster. Okay. Um, I think this movie. I don't like this movie, but I do think it is well made, and I would recommend it. It's just it kind of cheapens the first one for me. Uh, I still think the first one's like a a five out of five, like really good rewatched it for for the review. It it holds up great. If you haven't seen it, fucking get that Shout Factory release or or check it out on Tubi. You won't be disappointed, especially on this joyous Stepfather Day weekend. Watch all three. There you go. Uh, Well, you know. If you got the time, yeah, go go for it. <laughs> uh, Terry O'Quinn, of course, is still great, even though I think some of the lines they give him in this are a little corny. Uh, you know, he didn't write the fucking script. He's just doing what he was asked to, and he's very effective throughout. Uh, Meg Foster is very good in this, and Jonathan Brandis, even though he's not in a lot, I mean, he has more to do towards the end and the beginning. Middle, he kind of gets lost a little once the fill element shows up. Uh they're, they're all good. I mean, and, and Caroline Williams is a, is a pleasant surprise in this. And her death is the one that kind of shook me the most because I was like, you knew it was coming, but you didn't realize. Or, or rather, I didn't realize how brutal that was going to be. Um... I don't know. Like, it's got a lot of fun scenes. Like, again, that junkyard scene is, is pretty great where he's crashing the car all over the place. I love that scene. The kill on Phil's really good and some of those lines there that Joe mentioned uh, earlier in the review and, and and the Caroline Williams kill, even. And that final sequence is pretty fucking, pretty damn good. Yeah. I just think just the movie overall just is like this, the character no longer works for me no matter how good Terry's pulling it off. Um. So I probably won't revisit it. But again, I would recommend it. Like, you got to see this one if you saw the first one or at least if you're curious, definitely check it out. And it's it's at the top of the dumpster without a doubt. Yeah. It, you know, it's not even under the dirty diapers or the, or the, the moldy donuts or hamburger bags. It, sure. It's, you could reach for it easy. I'm just, my hand goes out and the other one goes yeah. like that. Slaps it away. Thing comes out and slaps it away. Oops. Uh, the idle hand comes out of the garbage can like our logo and, yeah. uh, you know, it's holding this movie and, uh, you know, grab at your own uh, risk. Uh, so this is a tough one. This might be my first dumpster in a while and the reason for that is it's just not great like yeah. it, it, it's good don't no, don't get me wrong okay again I love the poster art of this I think I think there's a lot of fun scenes in it it's such a departure from that first movie and I think I said it on the stepfather episode it's like it does not need a sequel that is yeah. a this is an enclosed nearly perfect thriller right mm-hmm. it's great stepfather 2 is the corny cash-in movie, which I like. I don't hate this movie at all. I, I, I like it, but it's in the dumpster because that's what it is. It's so, ch- like you said before, it, it cheapens the first one so much. Mm. And it's such a departure that I just, I can't get behind it and, and goodwill tell people or recommend this, right? I think you should watch it and check it out if you want a goofier version of the first movie or i i mean like like if you just want to see uh, what the hell happens next if there is the cuz they exist I, I, they exist and and if you're very if you're interested i mean watch all three for sure but uh with the with the exception of like a handful of like terryo Quinn being goofy with mm. his killing and 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 um little things like that uh, there's not too much meat on the bone for me here mm. um again it's doing the things the first one did but worse <laughs> And and kind of speeding it up. And now we have an additional wrinkle with Caroline Williams's character of somebody else finding him out rather than, um, you know, uh, having Jonathan Brandis kind of discover it or have a journey with the kid like we did in the first one. And I can understand why they didn't want to do that. And they kind of substituted uh, Caroline Williams for Jonathan Brandis. Right. Because in the first one, it's Joel Scholl. that's kind of not sure about Terry O'Quinn now it's Caroline Williams is not sure about Terra Quinn. Right. It's Because Jonathan Brandis is like all in until the final scene. Exactly. Which I guess might work. um, But he even goes against his own rules sometimes in this and that kind of bothers me because it's very set in stone in the first one what it is. And not that like that you can't deviate from it but when you do that it takes away how great the character is. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there's some there's some fun scenes. It's de- this is definitely a fucking J-Boy or or a uh, six packer uh, oh, yeah. for sure. This is a good one to put on, uh, you know, when you get a bunch of friends together and, and watch it because, you know, it's corny enough. But I, I I just don't think it it does anything either particularly well. It's not a great thriller and it's not a great slasher. So it's very like middling, you know, but it's still a, it's still a fine time. It's just not a it's ne- not necessarily a shelf movie for me. I would agree. Yeah. But yeah, we also have a mini-show coming out this month at some point uh, oh, yeah. over on Patreon.com slash Movie Dumpster. That's for the $2 tier, along with uh We got a lot of mail lately from you folks, so... Oh, yeah maybe it'll be one junk mail maybe it'll be two but there's some coming uh, <laughs> well you get it you get the junk mail and you get the mini minisodes on two five or ten true, true so right. even if you're on that too you get those you get those episodes but uh, our predator 2 episode just dropped too yes if you haven't seen that yet go check it out with uh tony mac the movies that's we, right we, we, it was a freaking big deep dive on was, predator, and predator yes 2, well mostly predator 2 but we yep. talked about a little bit of everything talked about comics we talked about predator itself we talked about video games all kinds of stuff Regarding Predator. Yes. Uh well we 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 also got this, this this event coming up next month, uh, as of this uh recording. July sixteenth, twenty twenty two. Yep, July sixteenth, Saturday, July sixteenth at the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville, PA. Uh, we're doing Magic, Mayhem, and Little Rubber Monsters. Yep, we're doing Ghoulies and the Gate in thirty-five millimeter film double feature live show. We're gonna be doing some live bits in between. Yes. And we're going to be doing some big giveaways. There's going to be all kinds of shit. There's going to be great vendors, uh, special drinks, all kinds of fun stuff. We're going to have a blast watching some Little Rubber Boss movies with <sighs> with you guys. We're going to have a really good time. Uh, you can get your tickets now at colonialtheater.com. That's Theatre, R-E, not T-E-R. And uh, yeah, the there's a, there's a link in the description down there. Uh, you can grab your tickets. Or if you're listening to this, there's a link in uh, the uh, podcast show notes. And you, if you want, there's a Facebook page for the event also. If yep. you want to check that out, put that on your calendar. Set up your reminder, yeah. That's going to be a ton of fun, Joe. Like you said, there's going to be vendors, friends of the show. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, it's going to be a pretty stacked event. It's going to be a stacked event. We're going to have the community coming together and getting together and supporting each other. And that's the big thing for this. So, uh, Dumpster so, yeah. dwellers unite. A lot of local artists or friends of artists, like you said. Um, So it's going to be a really cool thing to have everybody come together and uh, share their love for uh, B-movies. Yeah. And specifically, Little Rubber Monster movies. Yeah. And as always, if you can, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube, like the video, share it. And if you're not subscribed, you know, hit that button, please. Hit those buttons. Leave that review. It helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and more eardrums. You guys have been awesome lately with supporting the show and sharing it and getting other people to watch it and, and leaving reviews and stuff. Please keep doing that. It, it lets people uh, get exposed to the show. All that algorithm bullshit and all that <laughs> stuff, it's true. It's all true. So if you like the show and you dig the show, help us out and uh, show your support. I, I think honestly the chopping mall robots are in charge of the algorithm <laughs> Joe but uh yeah please yes either way that, uh, makes us more visible recommended uh well so. especially the reviews on on your Apple podcast yeah. or your Google podcast or your that. spotify too yes mm-hmm. uh because you know when, when people are searching for their the podcast like like ours it, it'll make it appear higher up in the search that's what I meant yeah yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's Stepfather 2, Make Room for Daddy, from 1989, directed by Jeff Burr. I'm Joel Escola And I'm Sean O'Rourke. Thanks for visiting the dumpster, and happy Stepfather's Day.